I'm Trey Bernard Hall. I'm Chuck Jones. We're part of Devil's Coattails, and this, this room, room sounds, sounds great. I burnt my ankle by dropping a caramelized onion into my shoe. I think I killed it. It was owls without eyes. No cash prizes. I'm sorry, Reese. <laughs> well, hello, everybody out there in the podcast loving community. I am Reese Williams, and you're listening to This Room Sounds Great. We are so grateful that you're here. We know you have a lot of options when you're out there hang gliding and stuffing a burrito. And wow, This Room Sounds Great was your choice? Lucky us! Well, even more lucky us today, we get to talk to a couple of members of Devil's Coattails. Hello. Hi, how you doing? (laughs) So if you would each please introduce yourselves, what you do in the band, and then Trey, if you wouldn't mind letting me know who else is in the band who's not here, we'll start there. Um, So my name is Charlie Jones. I go by Chuck Jones for my solo project. Not the Chuck Jones, just a Chuck (laughs) Jones. (laughs) And I sing Trey's beautiful tunes. I'm the lead guitar player well the only guitar player um and then i'm also the lead songwriter for now but most of the band is comprised of amazing songwriters um chuck obviously then there's steven kuster on pedal steel drew barnaki on drums chris gatens on bass and Mackenzie rourke on vocals as well that's a good size band Mm-hmm. We're six piece, yeah. All right on. And what is your genre? So the working title is Funky Tonk Rock and Roll. <laughs> yes. We had Isaac Friend in here a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I saw that. And he somebody had had a mashup of what his was as well. I can't even remember Grunge Americana something. It's just so great how everybody has these portmanteaus because you know they just they're influenced spherically. So it's it's not like they can be pigeonholed into one. How long have you guys been together as a band in this iteration? Well, I'd like to say Isaac is a friend. Oh, and he, he was at our debut oh. at the Camel. Yeah. Fantastic. This past Saturday. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. We, it's taken a year and a half for us to debut. We um, got together. Oh, let me let me guess. Let me guess what the culprit was. <laughs> Take a guess. No cash prizes. I'm sorry. Reese. Yeah. <laughs> Too easy. Low hanging fruit. <laughs> we started playing together at the end of 2019, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then we practiced and we geared up and we had all of our first shows booked and we had like seven shows recording to recording we had honky tonk night at gallery five rest in peace and like all these wonderful shows and then our the weekend before we were supposed to record march 2020 our drummer was stuck in france because the pandemic had just begun so we missed our recording date Then we pushed it back a week because that's how long we thought it was going to take. And then we pushed it back a month and so on and so forth. So we've been a band for like two years. Mm -hmm. But you're just popping out. You're just emerging. Yeah. At our debut, um, Danny from Dogwood Tales, um, we were originally going to record with him in Harrisonburg. And I would get on the phone with Danny every two weeks. And it would be, Danny, I don't think this week's going to work. I'll call you back in two weeks. And after a while, we just kind of quit calling and like texting. It's like, 
probably should just wait. Yeah. What a shame. So now, uh, what was everybody doing before you came together as a band? How did you guys all find each other to say, wow, we all compliment each other enough to put a name on ourselves and get out there? Yeah. Trey is really the meeting point for all of us, but we were all playing in different bands and doing different things around town and had sort of, I'd heard of everybody, I'd say. And when Trey started doing his solo project, he would have Mackenzie and I come in to give him vocal relief breaks. And so she and I had each learned a few of his songs. And then we did a um, Sundown at Scuffletown, the three of us. And that was the first time that I'd gotten to sing with Mackenzie too, which was... For me, I'm just a fangirl of all of these people, honestly, <laughs> and being able to be like, I get to sing with Mackenzie. I get to play in a band with Trey fucking Hall. Like, it's all really exciting. <laughs> and so um, then after a few shows like that, Trey had us meet up at Crossroads. And I was nervous. I was like, oh, man, it's, it's I had a good run, you know. And then Trey's like, I want to start a band. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> You're so, not getting the X. <laughs> You're getting um, called up. <laughs> it's just pretty pretty exciting and then yeah we all got together um started practicing way back when um normally i get to ask everybody what they think of the richmond music scene i mean i know you guys haven't been together as devil coat devil's coattails to be able to say but as as individual musicians what do you guys love about the richmond music scene and and as compared to other scenes well this band is born of the richmond music scene our drummer plays in Blushface and with justin golden and our pedal steel player plays with dogwood tales and villages who was on oh we love villages yeah uh, our um, bass player who learned bass for the project is uh, a member of Dharma Bombs with me and a great bluegrass musician. And then Chuck Jones is a wonderful solo artist who used to play in a band called Lightfoot Revival who played with Dharma Bombs all the time. Mm-hmm. So the band, I think I covered every, and McKinsey's and Pistol Sister. Pistol Sister. Yeah. So the Richmond music scene is kind of intertwined with this band because, like, I've played with Dharma Bombs for years, but love Dharma Bomb still, but the pandemic had our drummer move to Austin, Texas, and mm-hmm. our bass player move to Asheville, and I wanted to keep playing. Yeah, And yeah. so the Richmond Music Scene gave kind of this band its its style, and it's kind of super group vibe. Yes, so it's really, yes. It's really Like Mekong fun. Express, and yeah, oh I love gosh, when that happens. Yeah. yeah, that's so great. Do you guys, what, what has been, gosh, I can't even ask what a memorable performance has been. It's so it's funny. You're, <laughs> you're keeping me on my toes. This is great. When you guys do start playing out, will you have any pre-show rituals? Well, we can say that our debut was like heaven sent. I mean, like, I've had debuts before that have had like upright bass bridges collapse and like i think you were at that camel show and like (laughs) a lot of debuts don't go great but this show was like i mean it was perfect the energy and the love and people in the crowd felt the love so it felt it does it didn't feel like our first show Mm -hmm. which also was really interesting to Mm -hmm. where it felt like We'd always been there. Mm-hmm. A ritual I'm going to force upon <laughs> Charlie and Mackenzie are got one too, so. <laughs> vo- vocal warm-ups. Mm. Because my vocal health, I think back when I sang um, before every show, I would do lip trills, which are, I don't know if this is going to mess up the mic, but... 
I'm sure that's not going to make it. Cause I'm sure <laughs> you moved away. You were fine. Yeah. Um, and so, and I, I sometimes would force the crowd to lip trill with me <laughs> on my first song so I could warm up, but that's kind of my big, it's like multi-purpose cause it makes you feel funny. And I was kinda, just about to say it breaks a little tension. Yeah. And then it also like warms you up. So that's my big, I'm going to force that. So that will be. Mm-hmm. And what's going to be yours? Do, are you saving it? Oh, no, no, no. I will share it with you. Um, I tried it for the first time actually at our, our show on Saturday. Um, it's just simple. Um, a buddy of mine that used to come to a lot of the shows I played passed away last month and he was an avid gardener. And so I've just recently started gardening and um, just brought put them in like pudding cups like little seeds from um me and my buddy Aaron's garden for folks to just take as a thank you for coming to the show and keep it going yeah it's a fun thing how symbolic and beautiful that's incredible that's a great one so what do you guys listen to either for inspiration or just for fun like what's what's on the iTunes or Spotify playlist we were listening to outcast all the way to the show yeah um, and that, yeah, just some good like 2000s R&B is really what gets me <laughs> in the zone, um, personally. And I'm um, obsessed with what I like to call like country, like country funk okay. or like funky tonk or whatever, like the really groovy country music, like stages and phases, Willie Nelson and kind of oh, like okay. that 70s when funk and country kind of merged you know there's this great series on um netflix about different events in music history there's the boys to men you know phenomenon there's um a couple of boy band things and there's one on country music and it was so interesting in how there were country music singers who in the 70s and 80s just decided they wanted to try something new and the music the country music world was just so resistant you know they they just felt betrayed when this would happen and it wasn't until the 90s when Shania Twain and Garth Brooks and Faith Hill and some real people did the the hard crossover with Nona Judd and boy did they get backlash so it is really interesting I think it's I think it's a lovely sound that should be blended with many other musics but it is funny well, it's, how territorial they can be. It's still happening when you look at Little Nas X. I'm I'm also like a academic and a researcher, mm-hmm. and like I would argue that if the country music community would have embraced rather than condemned Little Nas X, we could have like a whole Little Nas X country album. But I'll save that spiel. But it's still happening. But yeah. it's also like queer country artists are also becoming like mainstream Mm -hmm. and so i think it's a genre any genre based in tradition has like the purists who are like digging their heels in but also keeping the instrumental tradition alive and then people who are like in tune and just yeah and even when you look at that tradition you really have to bracket it really really (laughs) tightly to say that all those folks don't belong because you look at where country music actually comes from right it's not white folks. Right. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, the irony. <laughs> so, Trey, what was the first piece of music you ever purchased for yourself as a kid? And what format was it on? I can't remember purchase. I can tell you the first two CDs that I thought of as mine. That you claimed? Mm-hmm. Um, on my way to school every morning, my dad, I lived like right beside my elementary school. So my dad would take me. And uh, we listened to 
we change each day the um, Brooks and Dunn greatest hits mm-hmm. and then a live dead CD. And so it was like, wow. And then people meet me and it all makes sense. <laughs> I hope none of it makes sense for me. Um, I, mine was uh, Ricky Martin and 98 Degrees on cassette. <laughs> Don't you love it? And the blue boombox, you could plug it in or you could take it outside because it had batteries <gasps> Mobile too. Mobile music. Yeah, it was amazing. So since you guys are just starting out, what is going to define success for you guys? What do you want to do? Do you just want to make a living doing it? Is this a fun side project? Do you want to play stadiums? What do you think are your goals as a band? One show a month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> and you know what? It'll be so exclusive. <laughs> it'll be it'll be that thing that's so prized that it'll people will be buying it months out like I got tickets to the Devil's Coat. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that I because my voice and I you know, I love my job, work life balance, like one show a month, four practices a month. Mm-hmm. That's my ratio. Mm-hmm. Wanna practice every week, play one gig. I'm on top of the world right on make records okay were either of you ever in a cringy band when you were younger like just a terrible band or had a terrible name i mean we were awesome but we were cringy too right (laughs) what were you guys called was it something one thousand plastic spoons and we got that from it was like part of a question on a myspace survey and we just ran with it for like five years was it from myspace tom Oh my gosh, maybe. It was one of the just, you know, like 102 questions to just put about yourself on the internet. That was a very weird mm. time. Mm-hmm. I am curious. What are your goals? I'm kind of living it. Like, I don't know. Like, a big part of why I moved to Richmond was the music. And it was going to see Dharma Bombs and different folks, um, Sleepwalkers and um, bands like that from back in the day. Green Boys. Um I'd be coming up from Williamsburg to see them. And I was just like, I like, I remember standing at the camel at a Dharma bombs show and just being like, if there's, cause I was playing in bands at the time. I was like, if there's a like chance that I could like do that <laughs> and like get to make other people feel what I'm getting to feel right now, that would be the coolest thing in the world. And then especially like this show that we played on Saturday and seeing so many people that I've gone out to see come to see our show and dance and enjoy it and smile and have community. Like I'm doing it. This feels great. This is, yeah, this is it. To see you guys live. I cannot wait. Do you or anybody? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I just want to, I think I had a great first band name. Okay. I'm just, pr- I think a lot of people have bad first band names. Oh, oh, but we were actually proud of this one. I think I killed it. It was Owls Without Eyes. <laughs> okay, maybe I didn't. Okay. It, no, it, you did kill it. It's like, awesome. <laughs> ninth, but like ninth grade angst. Owls was, Without Eyes. There is no wisdom in this world. That was my big spiel. I love it. <laughs> no, did we- you have a logo? No, we were not that high ah. tech. Mm-hmm. You want to revamp it and be owls without vowels? <laughs> and I do have a band name of the same time because I grew up first playing in hardcore bands, like metal bands. Mm-hmm. I always forget that. Yeah, it was sick. Those were like my first tours and first kind of big gigs. But was that in this area? Where were you? No, I was in Roanoke. I'm okay, from yeah. Southwest Virginia. Mm-hmm. 
the farthest we got was Lynchburg. The okay. Richmond hardcore scene scared the shit out of us. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can cuss. Mm-hmm. I just did. We're PG-13. Um, it's okay. Cool. Scared us. So we, we stopped at Lynchburg. But Zantet Sukin, which is some Norris god or something, mm-hmm. which Chris, our bass player, was in with me. And then the other one I can't remember, which is such a bummer because it's so bad. <laughs> so I'll, I'll let you know. Owls without bowels, though. That's evolved. <laughs> the bound the bound owl. That actually sounds like an English pub. It does. The bound does. owl. I'm going to go for a pint at the at the bound owl. Probably two pints. <laughs> Probably two, yes. Man, do I, I give myself away, don't I? It just sounds like a bar you'd have two pints at. Nothing to do with you personally. <laughs> Good save. Thanks. <laughs> Do you or anybody in the band have any cool, interesting, quirky, weird hobbies that you might bring to the table or is of interest when you guys are chatting about things with the band? Um, I raised two beautiful goats in my spare time. Oh, babies. Mm-hmm. What are their names? Their names are Eustace and Bucky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what did they do for us? Do we get milk from them? We don't. They okay. are still youngins, and um, that might be a part of their future, but right now they just do an excellent job at eating the yard and trying my patience. I'm learning a lot from um, having kids, so to speak. <laughs> so that's me. Um, I don't know. I know Mackenzie's learning to do jewelry stuff and soldering and stuff. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. That's fun. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> I know Chris does bird watching. Mm-hmm. Wonder if he sees any blind owls or eyeless owls. Yeah, I don't know. He sees the same chickens every day. Yeah, we have chickens, um, <laughs> so we're practically farmers. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and I don't really do much other than like art and work and oh, life. Nice. Like I don't. I'm pretty busy with all that. I'm an overdoer because ah. I just started like a, a label, which Chuck is on, and we're releasing. Justin Golden single tomorrow. Okay. Midnight. Okay. At midnight tonight. Justin Golden, yeah. Aaron, Chuck's roommate, um, performs as the Great Before Times, and they're on it. And Mm -hmm. uh, Cassidy Snyder and the Wranglers and Brady Heck. So when I'm. Tess Fisher. Yeah, Tess Fisher. It's a great lineup. Um, Pistol Sister. Am I missing anybody? Anyways. Um, what inspires your songwriting? I have I have not asked you since you are the primary songwriter. Are you a love kind of guy, life experience guy, introspective guy, just having fun guy? I write about everything. I like write um I've written like sixty or seventy songs the past year, much less like in total. Like I, I um I'm like a one or two song a week. Wow. All the way of, through. Like you mm-hmm. actually get to complete them. Mm-hmm. I, I don't use a lot of them, um, but I I really like narrative-driven mm-hmm. songs, and that's where a lot of Devil's Coattails songs are like one song's written from the perspective of Hank Williams Sr. to his estranged wife, and another song is like a constellation of like kind of, to me, the kind of sad, lonely man in the country and kind of that aging with the land kind of trope and so most of them are like very narrative and imagery driven Mm -hmm. oh i cannot wait to hear you guys this is going to be fantastic but we're going to be playing some of chuck's songs and some of mckenzie's songs Mm -hmm. in the future i've just burdened them with my 
really long wordy songs <laughs> and it's taken some time it's been a whole lot of fun though to figure it out and also the songs you know the arrangements and how we've sang them in the year and a half since leading up to playing a show and recording and doing this live stream like the songs have really evolved in this really beautiful way and it's so cool to get to be a part of it too absolutely there's a lot of redneck shit like yeah. a lot of because my great granddad built Harley Davidson's on our farm, and so there's I love hearing like Chuck and Mackenzie's voices singing about like you know Hollywood handlebars at the hill climb and like yes. all this really Fat like boy tires yeah yes dirt tan yeah dirt mm-hmm. tans and so I went to high school down in Gloucester so mm-hmm. we know Gloucester. thank God I'm a country girl <laughs> <laughs> who do, are you guys prominent on social media is there anybody who takes the reins and makes sure that you're at least being semi regular yeah yeah I used to not post but then um, when I mess my voice up my partner. Um, really, I had the kind of idea to start a label and she came up with the name of Vocal Rest. And then I started kind of posting for that. And then I started realizing social media, if done without like ego, like, cause when it's tied to your personal, sometimes it's like, oh, I really need to like perfect this or like get some sort of, but now it's kind of more like just a constant thing that I do just every couple of days I'm like today I'll post on vocal rest today I'll vo- I'll post on devil's coattails mm-hmm. like and so it's kind of evolved to be something that's good because I can't talk so it's nice to be able to like right. communicate I never thought that the subject of social media would be so prominent in a lot of these um, podcasts um, that I do, but it is because for some people it's the bane of their existence and they're terrible at it They and they don't bother and they know they should probably pay someone to do it just to be out there, but they don't and it's the struggle. And then for other people, it just comes naturally. And even if they weren't in a band, you can tell they probably would be posting that much. And it's, it is probably a lot of selfies, a lot of about themselves, but I will say, um, you know, point counterpoint is that sometimes when they're personal like that, people definitely feel close. They feel it creates a camaraderie when people see them at the show and they think, oh, yeah, I just saw you post with your dog. So I can ask you about that or um, but yes. Yeah, so, and there are professionals who will do it for you, too. So <laughs> uh, last question I'll ask is what is the silliest way you've ever injured yourself? And did anyone see it? <laughs> Yeah. He pointed right to you, either because he was just gracious enough to let you go first, or he had a story in mind. I don't know if there's anything in particular, but um, I did uh, work in a kitchen for a while, and so I've—I don't know which is dumber, but um, I burnt my ankle by dropping a caramelized onion into my shoe and I tried really because my boss was walking by and I was just I was learning how to caramelize onion so I was not very far into the job and I tried so hard to just like suck it up and then I like couldn't and I took my shoe off in the kitchen and I felt so embarrassed um so there's that and then another time also an onion um I have a spot on my finger that I've cut three different times a knife skills class is what you're getting in your stocking this year. Is that right? Thank you. <laughs> Crossing my fingers. <laughs> your war-torn fingers. Yes. <laughs> and you? I've broken my nose like 13 times. No. Stop. Stop. Wow. 
Yeah, if if I take these down, you can... 13 separate times? Yes, it started breaking when I wrestled. I was kind of a aggressive child. I was a little, con- a little angry, red-headed country boy. And then once you break your bone enough, then, like, it breaks easy in my... The high, I've broken it three times on the bottom of a pool, and then once walking face first into the clear glass of VCU's <laughs> library when Did, they had just... Please tell me someone saw. <laughs> well, this is a great story, and I'll keep it short, but it was my first conference presentation. I was an hour late. I had to run to the library to print my talking points, and... I didn't have time to have coffee, so I was like, I should get a coffee. Even though I was running late, I get a like large iced coffee, and I'm reading my notes, and VCU just installed the spinny doors. I didn't know how many rotations it was before you exit, and I, bird window, smashed face first a large iced coffee. My notes went everywhere. The person behind me, like, hit me, and I fell over, and I showed up bloodied and covered in coffee (laughs) to my first conference presentation. Did you give it? Did you read it? Oh, I killed it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I call those Lucille Ball moments, when you're just fumbling and stuff happens, and I just, it's just Lucille Ball moment. You're, you can't write it any better. It's... And you just, you look around, it's like, and, and now I've gotten to an age, the older I get, the more I actually always do hope someone's watching. I kind of like, I don't look around like, oh, I hope no one saw that. I'm kind of like, anybody else going to laugh with me? <laughs> I will call my sister immediately after I embarrass myself by myself and I'm just like, someone needs to know. And I just know how much she will love hearing whatever I did and how much she'll laugh. <laughs> well, we can't wait to be entertained and laugh with you next week. This is going to be fantastic. It's going to be so much fun. Thank you and so tell- much for having us. Yes, absolutely. Tell us again where people can go for more information. You can find our band at Devil's Coattails RVA on Instagram and Devil's Coattails on Facebook. And then if you want to keep up with the label we are on, it's Vocal Rest Records. And the Instagram is vocal rest records beautiful everybody go like them subscribe comment do all the good stuff and we'll get to see you here live on tuesday thank you very so much excited thank me you. too i'm looking forward to it <laughs> thank you thank you thank you thank you so much for listening be sure to like follow and subscribe to us for the podcast on all the usual suspects and of course be sure to tune in every tuesday night at 7 30 p.m youtube facebook twitch for shaco sessions live that's a wrap